In a world where fans are forever restless, the rules are ever-changing, and you have to be told just how much your favorite team blows to rise above the rest. Welcome to the Couch Coaches with your hosts, Lacey Kay and Drew Hale. Are you ready? <laughs> What's going on tonight, guys? I'm here, as always. I am Lacey with my co-host, Drew. What's going on tonight, Drew? Hey, man. How are you doing? You know, I have to admit, guys, that I hope... I, I like that intro, by the way. That was pretty... Uh, I'm jazzed up right yeah. now. I'm even doing Good. It. That's what we need. Um, Drew, how do you like the new couch? Mm. Yeah, the new couch is pretty sick. Some, like, crazy, like, USB ports built in and, like... Fucking all these like outlets and weird shit like built into the arms Cooling of the cup couch. Holders yeah. And liners and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. Um, pretty, yeah, pretty I, snazzy. I was gonna say if we didn't have enough, comfy. Yeah, if we didn't have enough room on the couch before. We do now. That's for damn right? sure. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But no, yeah, uh, guys, we had our first taste of football since our last episode, and Drew, Oof. I have to ask, did it fill the need yet? Uh, you know what? <clears throat> It was a nice little spike, right? It, like it got it boosted up there, um, but it crashed quickly. So, uh, so, you know, I, I need, uh, I need some regular season, uh, you know, some big time injuries and stuff They played a couple teams and, uh, you know, I, I just need to, uh, you know, I need to find out who's starting places neat week one, you know, with some of these rookies, I need to, uh, I need to, I need to really feel the yearn, you know what I mean? And I need it to be goddamn more televised. All right. That's what I need. I know we were talking about how we really want to watch Josh Rosen tonight ah. and it's not televised. So we'll Man. be following, I'll be following it on my phone Same. and saying yeah. how it goes. Um, I'm expecting Josh Rosen to have a really good night and hopefully that Christian Kirk follows him in that, in that pursuit. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, you, I mean, you, were, you were talking about injuries, and I mean, not anything huge, but we've been touching on injuries here and there as the episodes went on, and since, since last time, we have two rookies, Deion Kane for the Colts, he got hurt, he's done yeah. for the year, and then uh, a lot of people that's getting more news coverage is Darius Geis. <clears throat> wow. Um, yeah. And I mean, I told people his rookie season was going to be a bust, and not the way I assumed it would go, but therefore it still becomes true. Um... Uh, what do you think about either injury? Uh, you know, I think obviously Darius Geis' injury in, in Washington is is the biggest because, you know, you bring in a quarterback like Alex Smith, <clears throat> who uh, big-time game manager, uh, but really if you think about it throughout his career, he's always done it with a stand-up running back. You know what I mean? He's always had a solid one-two running game to, to typically uh, follow Green suit. Hunt, Jamal um, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you know, uh, you know, even when he was in, uh, even when he was in Frank, San Francisco, yeah, San Frank Gore, and you know, so I, I think that that's going to take a dimension away. Uh, now, I don't, I listen, I don't think they changed the scheme up at all, right? I think they still run the playbook as they were going to, but uh, you know, I certainly think it's going to change the dynamic of the NFC East, uh, you know, and, and give Alex Smith a something a little less to work with. So, because listen, we've already talked about how Jamison Crowder is probably his best receiver, and frankly, that's just sad. Uh, okay, uh, you got Jordan Reed. Uh, listen, I, I like, I like. Uh, what did you say, receiver? Jameson Crowder. Jameson Crowder. I love Jameson Crowder. He had a down year last year. Two years ago, he lit it up. Jordan Reed is great when he's there. Yeah. All right. Which is right. always my knock on certain players like him, where they're never there. They're great when they're there, but how often are they there? Mm -hmm. Um, I do like Josh Dotson. I am excited to see who he what he does, and it seems like at least True. him and Alex Smith have a decent rapport right now. Right. In the off season, we'll see how it goes going into the season. I want to know how big, though, because of slightly what you were touching on, is this Darius Geis injury not only to Alex Smith but that Washington offense as a whole. Um. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be huge just because, again, you know, I. I think you start questioning other sides of the offense, right? If you've got to rely more on the passing game, we've already talked about Jamison Crowder being your number one guy, Jordan Reed being your number two guy when he's healthy, but he's not healthy all the time. You get Paul Richardson from Which from Seattle, things from yeah, right, sure, but in Seattle he was the third best receiver on a on a horrible receiving core. You know what I mean? So when you look at it, I just you know I think it questions a hell of a lot of things, but. Uh, I think this instantly makes them a substantially worse team. Yeah, I mean, it, it does suck. Uh, I was making complaints. Like I said, I didn't think Darius Geis was going to have that big of a year anyway because they always bring in north-south runners outside of Thompson, who they have sure. as the receiving back. Um, north-south runners every every year or two, and they always expect them to be the lead dog, and they never it never works out, it never pans out, whether it's because of the system, the way Gruden runs the system, or you know who they had at quarterback with Kirk Cousins, whatever. They bring Alex Smith in, who's going to be more efficient, all right, and he's not going to really lose them games. 
but you know, with those weapons that we were talking about on the receiving end, do they need a run game more? Was he going to be able to attribute? I don't know if it's a huge loss, but it does suck because you were relying on this person, you were building certain schemes around him, and having that part of your game and it's no longer going to be there at least you know, for this year. I, I think the other thing too was though, when you looked at it, I think the part of the reason why North South runners haven't worked and you haven't seen one work since Alfred Morris is because. They haven't had a quarterback that's been able to consistently provide them with such a threat in the passing game with their accuracy that it's been an issue. You know, so you were able to load the box and understand it. Because think about it, when you had RG, the, the, the best time, the best season they had leading up to this, right? Uh, listen, aside from Kirk Cousins, obviously, who I would argue got worse every single year, is when you had coming out of college, right? You had RG3 and you had Alfred Morris and they lit up that offense. RG3 Santana rookie Moss of the year, Santana Moss. Yeah. Yep. I mean, you had, you had some really building pieces. Uh, but the problem was you can load the box because you knew that it, you were going to run the read option 90% of the time, right? And RG3 was going to end up with the ball. He was going to scramble. When he scrambles, he doesn't do it to pass. So you had some advantages there. And I don't think you've had a quarterback and a running back tandem uh, that's been able to be such a threat from their accuracy. Uh, I mean, obviously, listen, you can't take anything from Kirk Cousins, but the guy got worse every single year he was there. He had a year of Alfred Morris uh, and then, I mean, had nothing, you know? So, well, all right, well, quick question before we kind of trans, uh, you know, move on from here. Um, you were talking about Redskins. You're doing the Redskins tonight on your Rushmore tonight. I right? am. Your first team. One of your teams? Yeah. your teams? Any of those players you mentioned on your list? <laughs> no. No, not RG3. No, they are not, absolutely not. not. Like, no, absolutely well, not. Well, then going to the other rookie, um, Dion Kane, mm -hmm. we were talking about how much it was going to affect. Do you think that really affects Indy's plan on offense going forward? I mean, they didn't have many weapons <clears> other than T.Y. Hilton. You know, they they drafted Deion Kane, they drafted Naeem Hines as well as someone else. They added pieces on the offensive line. Do you think Deion Kane is a big loss because he's a rookie? Or do you think, well, he's a rookie, they didn't know what they had with him yet, and Andrew Luck? Like, is it just whatever it is right now? I don't know that it's... <clears throat> I don't know that it's whatever it is, right? But it's been, like, when Andrew Luck is healthy, right, he makes everyone on that team better. I agree. Like uh, Peyton Manning did. <clears throat> exactly. Exactly. I mean, talk about a one-two punch to walk into, right? But uh, when he's healthy on that team, he makes everybody around him better. I mean, remember, when Andrew Luck is there, I mean, they went, you know, 11-5. and five. I mean, they had a winning season. Every They literally made the playoffs every single year that he was there. They started out wild card. Uh, you know, then they won out the division twice, made it to the AFC Championship game. You know what I mean? So so they have been they were progressing every year he was there healthy. Uh, and then obviously he goes out with injury. So I think he comes back. I, I don't know that it makes the team substantially worse, but the problem is the team has to be substantially better because the division is 10 times more challenging than when Andrew Luck was there healthy before. Okay. Yeah. That is, that is true. I, I do think, I think again, Deion Kane, I would have liked to see him play. It would have been possibly another weapon for Andrew Luck. But because you don't know exactly what you're getting with that system, how Andrew Luck's going to perform, you know, is it going to be more rushing or receiving? And, you know, him not being as neat as much as Darius Geis was in Washington, that you don't think it's as much of an impact. Sure. That's what I'm getting from it. Um, but translating again to that, we're talking about Deion Kane. Andrew Luck finally played some football for the first <clears throat> oh, time man. in... Two? I've still got a boner. I've right. still got a boner. What'd so I'm all in. Uh, listen, man, I, I've said it before. I'll say it again. When healthy, I think that Andrew Luck is the most talented quarterback in the AFC. When healthy, okay? And Second most talented in the league? <clears throat> you could argue that, yes. You could absolutely argue that. And I think that, I, I think that what he does went on the field is just, again, the entire team elevates their play. I love seeing Andrew Luck out there. I love seeing him throwing the football. I don't know that I'm expecting a huge year from him this year, frankly. I'm just being honest because coming off of the injury that he came off of, I, you know, coming in so late to even touching a football, I mean, he's only been throwing, physically holding a football in his hand for the past, what, 30 days? So, you know, that scares the shit out of me, frankly. And, uh, you know, this is going to be the true test to Andrew Luck. And to his greatness and his legacy, right? If he comes out passing for 4,000 yards, lights the scene up, right? And they make it anywhere. If they make it to, uh, Jesus, uh, better than 500, right? I think people are going to look at him and say, wow, this guy's got something. You know what I mean? He's still the same Andrew Luck we thought he was. Well, so. I mean, I'll, I'll say this. If he stays healthy all year, I expect them to be no worse than 500. Oh, sure. Because <clears throat> um, when we talk about that at their very potential they could win that division. Now, a shitload of things would have to go right. But Andrew Luck gives them that. You know what I mean? Um, I do like that he played. He did have a bad stat line. No turnovers. He showed some good passes. My favorite thing about watching him play was the fact that he took hits and got back up. 
mm-hmm. and he was fine. Because your biggest thing is you don't want to have to worry about having a glass quarterback in the backfield and then him taking a hit and either re-injuring what he had injured or fucking something else up. Sure. And he took a couple hits, got up, continued to play. Yep. And I think it's <clears throat> pivotal that the coaching staff allows that to happen. Agreed. And normally I don't want star players on any team playing more than they should. But with him missing so much time, I feel like he should play a decent bit in the second preseason game and in the third preseason game. Take protections to make sure he's all right. And then in the fourth, just let him sit it out. Yeah, I agree 100%. They've got to get him in repetition. They've got to start getting him in a rhythm. They've got to get him hit. They've got to get him touched. Um, and they've also, frankly, got to test out that new offensive line. Yeah, right. Absolutely. I mean, they drafted two new players in the offensive line. They drafted a guard and a tackle this past draft. Yeah. You know, they're looking for big things. The best guard in the uh, draft. Class. Sure, absolutely. Yeah. Nelson. And you know, they, they need to uh, they need to reassure that line. Quentin Nelson, I never name. Um, yeah, but I mean, it was exciting to see him come back. I know we get slack sometimes because of how much we still believe in Andrew Luck when fans are so quickly to dismiss him and other star injured players that come across injuries. <clears throat> I think oh. I think actually we have a couple people listening to the podcast tonight here, and I think that I actually heard some shit talking under under their breath when I said Andrew Luck is arguably the most talented uh, quarterback in that uh, in that some, conference. So we do uh, have some people in the studio. Maybe they will be on towards the end of the episode, depending on how much time we have. If we decide to play a game, mm. um, but no, yeah, we do get shit for that. But cough, cough, David Johnson, you know, is another one that I you know vehemently stand behind, and people just shit on me for. So. We'll see how it goes with Andrew Luck going forward. Um, there's a couple smaller topics. I, I, I find this interesting. I want to know what you have, if you feel any which way about the whole uh, Kelvin Benjamin comments about Cam Newton mm-hmm. and being in that offensive system and then them meeting up and kind of having words with each other before their first preseason game. Two, nine, two, three, nine. You know, I think, uh, I think Shannon Sharp said it best when he said, Kelvin Benjamin, the buffet is your problem, not Cam Newton. And uh, <clears throat> listen, and, and everybody that knows me knows that I'll be the first person to shit on Cam Newton, right? But, you know, I, I just, I, listen, I don't think Kelvin Benjamin did bad in Carolina ever. Like, he, he hasn't had a bad season healthy. He's had a quarterback that's been able to deliver on the ball. They run a different offense, right? So, I mean, you have to take advantage of Cam Newton's mobility, right? They've had a running game the entire time that Kelvin Benjamin's been there. He hasn't needed to be relied on as much as he thinks he has and now he's in an offense where he's the top dog he's the number one guy unequivocally he's got some talent at quarterback they're uh you know i don't want to say a building team they've got a strong defense you know what i mean so he's in a similar situation he's in now with uh, arguably a less talented quarterback pending on who starts so i, I mean we'll see how he see he i'd like to hear how he sounds after this season look at his stat line and see what happens but again kelvin benjamin really loves the chicken wings and uh you know i don't i, I don't mind the guy but uh I, I don't know i don't know listen i think you got to look at a broader you know uh camera camera view from this like a wide range view because you need to to fit kelvin yeah. benjamin into it oh my god um cam newton okay cam newton not taking anything away from his physical attributes and how he's a player on the field. But we talk about his personality, how he is off the field, you know. Oh, yeah, that's garbage. Well, well, that's no part, question. That's, part of the situation. What, I mean, <laughs> that's what, garbage. What kind of leadership he has on the field, how he's not the most accurate quarterback, how he relies on his legs too much. We do agree that he takes hits that he never should, and he doesn't get calls, mm-hmm. okay? But he also complains a lot. Um, you, if you're not going to get calls by this point, you know, fine, like, you can argue them, but you're going to have to learn to take the hits with them. Yeah, but you because- know who else didn't get the calls? Steve Young didn't get the calls. You know what I'm saying? I mean, listen, different league, different rules, I get it. But, like... Different size. Y- y- different size, too, sure. But, I mean, <clears throat> still. I mean, but that's the problem. I, listen, Cam Newton... But my problem is Kelvin Benjamin. Kelvin Benjamin's argument wasn't against the type of person that Cam Newton no, is. No, and, and I'm it was his there. ability. All right, my yeah. Well, we were talking about how he relies too much on his physical prowess. Okay, he's not the most accurate quarterback. With his decisions on the field and off the field, and how it translates there, is he really showing the leadership to kind of bring these younger guys up, show them, be like, hey, this is how you have to do it, or is he still just out for Cam trying to be like, well, yeah, I put up my stat line like this, we should be winning. Um, and I think that goes, yes, Kellen Benjamin's best season was his rookie season. And everyone thought he was going to be like the, a really great receiver. And then he got hurt. He was overweight, stuff like that. But I seen him during the skirmish that they, when they had the meetup on the 50 yard line and do looks fit, do looks good. 
So, I mean, long term, you're going to have to see and look back at this to see who was really in the right or wrong, or was it just like nothing? But, you know, he has <laughs> less talent pretty much overall on that Buffalo team now that he's there. Absolutely. You know, but you do have a quarterback that's going to rely on him now, and it's going to see if he's going to be able to stand up. So far, I mean, a little bit he did last year and in the preseason, he looks good, but that's nothing to get excited about. But I think you have to look at this long term, a year, two, three from now, looking back and being like, listen, Cam maybe still hasn't accomplished nothing. Calvin Benjamin, you know, is doing really well in Buffalo. You know what I mean? So maybe there's that point. But they had the whole skirmish at the 50-yard line. Cam Newton came up, talked to him, because Calvin Benjamin's comments was that it's hard for any receiver to be successful in that offense because of the way Cam Newton plays and stuff like that, the way the system's run, stuff like that. Um, and I mean... Since he's been in the league, you can you can kind of see where he's coming from because no receiver has really stood out because he's not the most accurate Lysol. or anything, stuff like that. And, Lysol. you know, it's just, it's something you're going to have to look back and see. Because, I mean, maybe both, maybe they both don't accomplish anything. It's like, why are we even talking about this? But, you know, he walked away from Cam, you know, then Cam went and talked shit, and we'll see where this goes. I don't know if it's going to evolve anymore, but it should be it's slightly interesting for me to follow. I think at the end of the, the both of their careers, we're going to look back at this moment and say, huh, two two slightly below average players had a skirmish one time. And I think that's going to be the you that's know, going to be the headline you know of this conversation. Think? After both their careers are over, I'm going to think of Cam Newton and the first thing I'm going to think of is, "Hey Cam, can I get a fumble?" Like Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. Well done. Uh, yeah. Well done. So that's, that's what we're seeing with that. Um, just two more storylines I want to talk on before we talk about a little bit the preseason performers as we've been talking about. Um, Martavis Bryant, Raiders want and traded for him. Ooh, Expected yeah. to get in this thing. Ouch. John Green was all happy about it, but he seems to be struggling with learning the playbook, translating it onto the field. Um, do you have any feelings on that? No, I don't because I didn't... I, I didn't anticipate it to be a home run to begin Neither with. Neither did I. A lot of people were excited about it, though. You know, third or fourth round pick, I believe, was traded for Martavius Bryant from the Steelers. But he never did anything. He never did much with the Steelers. People were expecting things from him. They seen how Juju did it, my boy Juju. And they're like, we can move on from him. You know what I mean? <laughs> and they went and drafted James Washington in Pittsburgh anyway. So they mm-hmm. traded him to the Raiders. And the Raiders were thinking, oh, great pickup. And I didn't see it. So, I mean, he seems to be struggling already. Yeah, I, I just, I mean, I think that it's too early to tell, obviously. He got in a little bit, like, well, I mean, I guess he got in in time for camp, but uh, but, but they're changing things up on offense dramatically right now. You know what I mean? I mean There's they're gonna, a lot of moving parts. So, so, I don't know that I'm really, like, super concerned about that. What I'm more concerned about <laughs> is Khalil Mack not showing up. Well, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> you know, that scares the shit out of me a lot more than Martavis Bryant playing meh. You know what I mean? I mean, because you still got Amari Cooper. You've got Jordy Nelson now. You know, you've got some weapons that, with Derek Carr's accuracy and his arm talent, I think he's going to be able to take advantage of. So I think Martavius Bryant is going to quickly become an Alan Hearns in that offense, a Marquise Lee in that offense. You know what I mean? I think he's going to become that style player that's going to be able to take a lot of that underneath coverage. I think he's going to be able to take a lot of the middle of the field and occupy some of that. Uh, you know, they've got Jared Cook at tight end still, so, you know, they've got some threat there. Uh, I, I think they've got a good core, and Amari I think it's going to work out. Yeah, Apparently, yeah. Mario Cooper is looking good. Hopefully, he learned, you know, he stopped with his drop problem. What were you saying about Cleo Mack earlier with the whole fining thing? <clears throat> yeah, about? it's like the dude's getting fined, like, dumb money for missing. Like, he's getting fined, like, 800 fucking Gs, dude. He's getting fined, like, 804 grand or something for not showing up. Uh, I mean... That blows my mind as to why you even want to do that, frankly. And, I mean, I don't know. I'm with you. You need a contract. But, like, is you fighting for a contract for more money and not showing up, like, really – like, what are you getting out of this? What are you accomplishing? I mean, now there's talks about trades. Uh, I mean, Reggie McKenzie's been fielding some calls – for some potential trade opportunity for Khalil Mack. Teams are inquiring, like, hey, listen, if you're going to let this guy sit out, why don't we just, uh, you know, throw something in the pot here, sweeten it a little bit, see what's going on. Now, yeah, well, yeah, you so, know, no, I don't know you, they're trading him. on that, but. like, there's been rumored talk about him and Aaron Donald. Mm-hmm. So I, 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 I want you to do it for each player, okay? A, if you were GM of your team, what would you give up for him if you're willing to trade for them? Okay, Ooh, and give me a percentage on chances that they're actually going to trade. Because we're talking about both players being top five defensive <clears throat> players in the league. Yeah. All right, Swap. and you never see that happening. And now we're talking about possibility with two players. So I want a percentage that 
both either one of them gets moved for both of them, okay? And then if you were GM of the team, would you trade for either one of them and what would you be willing to give up? Uh so <clears throat> it depends on the team I'm GM of, right? Just use Which, your, we'll just use your team. Do the Packers. Yeah, if I'm the Packers... We won't go uh, hard. We won't go uh, salary cap or anything, okay. but with, you know, what you're willing to trade and, you know, team need. Yeah, I mean, listen, I, I give up... Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know that I give up a first-round pick for Khalil Mack. Really? But uh, I, I probably give up a second and a fifth, uh, second and a fourth, maybe. Ouch. What about I mean, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I, I don't... <laughs> I don't think – let me take a step back before I answer that question. Okay. If you're the Raiders and you let go of Khalil Mack, you are way, way more dumb than the Rams if you let go of Aaron Donald. So wait, you're valuing Khalil Mack <clears throat> over Aaron Donald. Hold on. Hold on. No, 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 no. Right, no, right, no, 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 no. Hold on. Sure, Aaron Donald's the better player. Okay. Khalil Mack is the better player to his respective defense than Aaron Donald is to his respective defense. That defense survives without Aaron Donald in L.A., okay. okay? Oakland stands no chance. Listen, I get they won a preseason game, but they stand no chance without Khalil Mack. That defense is a totally different animal without Khalil Mack. L.A. only got better. Remember, they only substantially better on defense. Not just mediocrely better. Substantially better. And we're already a top defense in the league. Oakland was not a top defense in the league. Khalil Mack's the only thing that made them credible. And you're going to move on from that player? It makes no sense. When, when you make the off-season moves that you did, right? When you keep on Marshawn Lynch, okay? And he was already under contract, whatever. But you keep on Marshawn Lynch, okay? Obviously, you got Derek Carr coming back healthy. You're super excited about it. You added Doug Martin. You added Doug Martin. Martavius you trade Bryant. for Martavius Bryant. You trade a pick out for Martavius Bryant. You Cooper. You sign Jordy Nelson. Like... You make all these moves on offense, and then you're not going to re-sign Khalil Mack? You're not even going to talk to him. <laughs> the only dude that gives you a chance on defense, it's fucking bananas. It's just totally insane. Uh, again, you know, I, I would probably give up the same for Aaron Donald, frankly. Uh, but again, because I, I don't I don't think either team's parting way with either player, frankly. So, are you giving a 0% chance for either the, player? No. I, I'll give, give me a... Percentage a play. That they get traded? That, that they are traded, not yeah. with their team. Ooh, geez. I would say, oh, shit. 30% chance, nah, 20% chance that Aaron Donald is not in L.A. Probably a 35% chance Khalil Mack is not in Oakland. Hmm. So either way, I don't think there's a wildly huge chance that either player moves. Listen, I'm just saying for my What about team, you? I, I'm yeah, interested. Your my, percentages. My, my team, my percentages, Aaron Donald, I think there is a... Seven and a half percent chance oh, wow. that he gets moves. I don't see that happening, Drew. You're creating you're creating chaos over here. I am. So I'm um, just throwing shit, shit over. Seven and a half percent chance Donald gets moved. Um, and I would trade at at the very least a first and a third for him. Wow, for, for Aaron Donald. For Aaron Donald, absolutely. Um, first and a third. And then Khalil Mack. Mm -hmm. I say at right now, I think there is a. 24 and a third percent chance Whoa. that he gets moved. Wow. So we're close on that. Um, and I, I would tr also trade for Khalil Mack if given the opportunity. I'd probably give up two seconds, something like that. Okay. You might be able to push me to strictly just a first, but I wouldn't want to give up any more than that. Like you no just additional. moved up my offer to a second and a fourth. For? And a conditional. For? For Khalil Mack. Not Aaron Donald. Uh, Aaron Donald is the better player. Oh, yeah, he's definitely the better player. But is he the better player to your respective team? That, too. Yes, he is. You know, um, I, I, my I, team personally, yes. Yes, what, are, unarguably. Yes. Again, listen, here's the thing, frankly. A healthy Sean Lee all season, which he's never been able to do in his entire career, but a healthy Sean Lee all season, I don't think I'm giving up as much for Khalil Mack if I'm you <coughs> on a healthy agree, Sean Lee all year. Yeah. Because, um, frankly, I don't think... All right, there's a, there's a drop-off for sure. But I don't think it's substantial. I really, really don't. I think Sean Lee's a pretty damn good linebacker. Well, those are our percentages. Those are what we would do. All right, so just really quick because we're, we're using more time on that than I thought we would. Um, Hard Knocks, did you watch it at all the first episode? No. All right, I did. Love my, love my boy Juice, Jarvis Landry. Had the impassioned speech. Everyone I did see that. About, I did see that. I okay? did see that. And you got to love it. Um, stepping in, being that leader, you know, being utilized more that I always knew he could be than he was in Miami. Um and then, you know, you had a little bit here with Hugh Jackson and the whole coaching staff, 
Hugh Jackson makes everything fucking awkward. I don't really understand what it is about his personality. Like, I want to feel bad for him because of the losses he sustained in his personal life, but he makes and it on the field awkward. And because yeah. that's all he does. His and then, like, the way he tries to be direct with his the rest of his coaching staff and like demanding because he's the head coach, but he comes off as passive aggressive. And it's like I'm trying to be that leader, but I mean, feel bad for me. Like, so he makes that feel awkward bad as for, well. Dude, like, feeling bad for Hugh Jackson is so easy because the last head coach to bring the Browns a playoff win was Bill Belichick. All right? So, so Ow. please, Ow. Hugh Jackson, I, I feel bad for you every waking moment of my life. Um, like, good Lord. Because the last head coach that won you a playoff game is arguably the greatest head coach in the history of football, but also hasn't coached there for like 20 years. So, uh, Jesus Christ. Well, I mean, Jarvis Landry's looking great on the field as well as off with that speech. Baker seems to be one of those cocky rookies coming in off the field, um, but is balling out on the field, which is where it really matters. Um, Miles Garrett's looking amazing. Uh, and, of course, like we still waiting to hear what's going on with Josh Gordon after hitting the NFI list. Um, I, don't, I wasn't really impressed with any of the running backs from this last preseason game, but Baker had a good one. We'll get into that, though. That's a separate thing. But, no, it's interesting. I will be watching Hard Knocks um, and sorting through the bullshit. Um, but it, it is interesting at the very least. Um, so going into that, almost every team's played. There's two games tonight. There's two or three games last night. Majority played on Thursday. Mm -hmm. Anyone stand out for you, either rookie or not? Good or bad? Uh, yeah, you know, I think that... Uh, funny you say that, because we were just talking about this earlier before the podcast started. And I think that... Somebody that stood out for me that no one's going to know the name of because I had to look it up myself. Josh Woodrum. Oh, my God. Uh, Josh Woodrum, I think, is the fourth-string quarterback out of Liberty um, for the uh, Baltimore Ravens. And listen, anybody who watched the Hall of Fame game, I, I think, would agree unanimously that Josh Woodrum was the best, most efficient quarterback on the field running that offense. I don't know if I'd say that. I mean, as much as we give him shit, Joe Flacco has been... Running away with that starting quarterback thing over everyone was saying, you know, Lamar Jackson. Well, of course, of course. Listen, I'm not saying Josh Josh saying Woodrum is going to start. Oh, okay, okay. I'm okay. just saying that he impressed the shit out of me. Oh, okay. Well, Drum, right. I mean, listen, go back and look at that tape. Seriously, what he was doing on the run, I mean, it was great. Inside the pocket, outside the pocket. He made great, great high football IQ decisions. Uh, I think it made a lot of sense. I love my boy Baker. Uh, I love Baker. Baker getting out there and crushing it. I think Josh Rosen is going to have the better NFL career, and I think he's going to have the better night tonight uh, than Baker did. But it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Um, <clears throat> oh, geez, who else? Who else? I think that... I'd say, once you're done, I'll just go down the list, and you could jump in if you want. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think there was a lot of things that were impressive coming out of there. I think Teddy. Uh, I mean, obviously, Teddy, Teddy time. Teddy Bridgewater, Teddy I think... Had probably the best performance of a quarterback period in the Sam preseason Donald that I've seen. Sam Darnold did really well too. Sam Darnold did very did. well. Yes. Yeah, surprising to most, by the way. I'm a Sam Darnold fan personally. I'm not saying he's the second coming of Christ or anything, but I'm a Sam Darnold fan. I, I think that uh, he's going to do well enough. Uh, but uh, listen, it, it's Teddy time. You know what I mean? Like, if, if Teddy Bridgewater is not your guy, I've been saying this since they got him on the podcast. Honest. That he has got to be your guy if you want to make an intelligent decision. At I think if Sam Darnold keeps playing well, they're going to play Sam Darnold. No, that would be so and stupid. And te use Teddy to acquire, you know, other other pieces, whether in draft capital or players, That's and move them to somewhere else. I just hope if that happens, they move him where he's going to start. Because so far, so good. I'm not trying to jinx him. Knock on wood, but he keeps falling out. We'll see what happens. Um, but go on, yours. Uh, Juju Moss, the guy, 74, uh, 75 yard touchdown. Juju. You know, I keep bringing him up because that's one of my players on my all-lace team. That's coming up soon. Um, Marshawn Lynch had a nice run. That surprised me a little bit. Showed a little bit of a flashback, but it was negated because of a penalty. And then we were just talking about Juice. Juice has been uh, tearing it up. Jarvis Landry's my man. Um, some rookies that did really well. Hayden Hurst. Yeah. Dallas Goder in Philly. You know, Hayden Hurst did well because he played so freaking much. I mean, he yeah. played the entire well, he's game. He's a 25-year-old tight end coming into the league, so he's sure. physically there already. It's just... You know, can he run the routes and stuff like that, which he can. There's not many weapons in that Baltimore offense. They're going to lean on him. So he did well. Dallas Goder in yep, Philly. Yep. Um, Harold Landry in Tennessee. Um, DJ Moore in Carolina Ooh, yeah. did show up. Um, he did well. Sam Darnold. Baker Mayfield. Uh, Saquon Barkley had a very nice run. 
All right, and then Shaquem Griffin. Shaquem Griffin, I believe, had nine or ten tackles yeah. in his rookie he led that team debut. In tackles. And people were like, "Oh, he only has one hand. He's going to be like a tool player." I'm like, "Trust me, he is a player." And he, he had, I think, either ten tackles or nine, and then you know did really well in his first preseason game. So I was very happy to see that. <clears throat> you know, who he didn't say Josh Allen. I'm, you know why you didn't say Josh Allen? Go ahead, tell me why you didn't say him. Tell me why. Come he, on, because give it to me. He's give not it that to great me. Of a quarter. Oh, there it is. There it is! Wait, wait, wait. He did have some bad moments as people <clears throat> clearly tweeted about on Twitter and were like showing clips. Jesus. Like him trying to scramble to save a play and falling down and then throwing <laughs> it away. Backwards, like a fucking um, my grandmother. He had oh, a very, weird. very nice throw within the red zone in the corner of the end zone between two defenders in a small window. And you're like, yeah. I can see what people see. I still don't think he's going to be even a top three quarterback from this draft class. But you can see what people like about him. So right now, it's still a flip of a coin. You know, here's the thing that pisses me off, right? Can I, just really quick on Josh Allen. We don't have a lot of time to get to this. But I love Josh Allen. In my opinion, Josh Allen has the best arm talent and the best throwing motion of any quarterback coming out of this draft. Un, I don't even think you can argue it, frankly. If you watch that preseason game, the way he's zipping that ball, dude, that thing's on fire. He, it's like he flicks it off his back foot and the thing can sail 70 yards. And with relative accuracy, you know, not not like Michael Vick sailing 70 yards, right? Uh, so the guy's got a hell of an arm, and he's got a hell of a throwing motion. He's got the mechanics down. The problem is he needs a guru. He needs somebody to develop in a quarterback, and Buffalo doesn't have it. They're not going to isn't have McDermott it. Isn't McDermott the head coach They're now? never going to get it. What's that? McDermott, isn't he the head Sean coach Sean McDermott. I'm going with yes. Okay. Because I was going to say, he's not going to get that tutelage from another quarterback on that roster. Absolutely not. So it's going to have to come from the coaching staff. And I just don't think it's going to. I really, really don't. I really don't. I really, really don't. Uh, You know, listen, we'll see what happens. Um, You know, put him under my boy Kyle Shanahan and see what happens. That's what I'm saying. All right. That guy could be uh, be a starter in in, in next season and, uh, you know, ball out. But... You know, I just don't think uh, I just think, think it's, it's going to have the possibility, which sucks. All right. But. So we're going to do, both of us, we're going to do our next two teams on Rushmore's. All right. Yeah, Rock, paper, scissors? Whatever. Freddy. Winner goes first. Ooh, wow. Yeah. Damn, that's a surprise. You know, I'm going to decline. I'm going to let you go first. Oh, okay. I, I'm the very, honor. I'm a very charitable person. A charitable get, person. So Holy shit. I'll let you shit. go first. We each All have right. two more. Um, before we do them quick, over the next two, three weeks, before the regular season starts, we're gonna we're gonna continue doing Rushmore's, finishing it with the two best franchises in the league. Absolutely, um, we're going to do our all Lace and Drew teams, okay? Which is players that we would have on our team, whether the best or for personal reasons or whatever that would be on our teams personally. Many a polls to follow. Yes, so make sure you're keeping up for those. All right, but Drew, who's your first team? Uh, who'd you say I was doing already? You said you were doing the Redskins. Okay, so I'm going to do the Redskins first. Though. Okay, I'm going to leave my Redskins second team first. for for, for You're going to do what? Right. I was going to say so, I was going to talk shit about <clears> Albany. So, the Redskins, kind of a tough list, a little bit, only because I like some of the people on it. But I don't um, know how that's physically possible. Continue. I'm going to go with an honorable mention for somebody that I actually didn't put on the list that I'm going to get a fucking so much shit for. Uh, but it's uh, it, it's John Riggin. All right, and all right. Uh, uh, running back, aka the Diesel. And uh, you know, listen, he he tore up, uh, you know, you know, tore up that Washington offense for quite some time, and uh, you know, I think it's just because he played so freaking long ago, and I don't have anything to like link it to that I think that's why he didn't make my list. So that's an honorable mention. Um, but also, I didn't get to see, I mean, half this team play that I'm about to tell you. But uh, my number five is going to be Joe Gibbs. Uh, Joe Gibbs, okay. Joe Gibbs. Okay. So Joe Gibbs was a Very head coach. NASCAR owner. Uh, <laughs> okay. That's the um, list, right? Yeah, you're right, right. Uh, so was a head coach of the Redskins. Uh, prior to the merger, um, his record was 44-4-3 uh, with Washington prior to the merger into the NFL. Uh, prior to the merger, he was with them for four seasons. He won the NFL championship all four seasons uh, that he was there. <clears throat> and when he came in, they merged into the NFL. I think he won the Super Bowl in 54 and 50. So he, was, he has two Super Bowls to him as well. Um, I, I mean, uh, arguably... The, uh, where am I at? Joe Gibbs? Yeah. Joe Gibbs. No. I'm, I'm linking through with my, uh, yeah. who did I have? Your other team. Uh, Cleveland. Uh, Cleveland. Yes. Holy shit. Who's the, Cle- who's the quarter, who's the coach for Cleveland that I had? 
fucking know it's your list. I was going to say, Who Joe Gibbs did, did not coach Cleveland? in the 50s before the No, Bears he totally didn't. Or anything like that. Who did I have for Cleveland? Who the fuck? I can write it down. Paul Brown. Paul Brown. Paul Brown. Paul Brown what who the I'm talking fuck? About. You're a fucking crack. Woo! All right. Paul Brown. So, so I'm going to start with my Cleveland list since I did this. What the I'm flipping fuck? to Cleveland. I'm, so I'm clicking to Cleveland. All right. So all that's those stats I think were true. I, I think I wrote some down. So I'm going to verify that I, I was even so accurate. Much. Totally nailed it. Even the years. Shit, I'm proud of myself. So, uh, so uh, on a list I didn't even have in front of me that I'm tired of. So, so Paul Brown is who I was talking All about right, there. So I'm taking Paul Brown. I'm doing, the, I'm doing a Cleveland Browns. Cleveland. Cleveland Browns. Focus with me. Focus with me. Are you with us? Number five. All right, number five. Jesus Christ. Paul Brown. I have no honorable I don't think mention. Jesus Christ is on the list. I mean, Yo, Jesus, Jesus Christ. Christ I don't know what Jesus Christ cannot save right. the Cleveland Browns. Right. So that five, is true. Go ahead. All right, so Paul Brown, number five. I have no honorable mentions. All You've the stats he said, said previously. Bang, done. All right, boom, done. Number four, since we've got to kind of bliss these lists a little bit. Uh, number four is a guy that I did get to see play. It was Joe Thomas. Ooh. Only uh, at number four. Only at number four, because my number one through three are going to be real, real good. And they're going to surprise you just a little. All right, Matt. So, um,. So we got Joe Thomas. Um, listen, uh, arguably one of the greatest offensive linemen ever. Uh, certainly the best to ever come through Cleveland. You could probably have him. I wouldn't be mad if Joe Thomas was number two on this list. Yeah, Hell. Not, absolutely not. Um, but I think you're going to really, really enjoy my 3 two, one You ready? I, I, I hope I know who your number one is, but continue. Yeah, I mean, that's the no-brainer. Right. Uh, number three, Ozzie Newsom, Currently the GM for uh, for the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, Ozzie Newsome, during his, time, during his time as a tight end, uh, there in Cleveland, as far as the Cleveland Browns franchise is concerned, uh, without question the most accomplished tight end in Cleveland Browns history. His stats when he retired were impressive for a wide receiver, let alone for a tight end. Uh, so I think a lot of people overlook Ozzie Newsome because he was just really, really good for the Browns. Right? So remember, we're talking about the Browns' top five, so it doesn't take a lot to enter the Browns' top five. But above Joe Thomas. But above Joe Thomas, yes. Right. Absolutely. Uh, two other people above Joe Thomas, which are going to be super, super easy. One I'm not going to touch on a whole hell of a lot, and that's going to be Otto Graham. Uh, you know, Otto Graham, quarterback, obviously, listen, uh, you know, uh, the problem is that when he played, there wasn't many franchises. It was a different kind of game. It was, you know, it, it's hard to quantify in today's NFL what Otto Graham would do. But again, when we're talking about the Cleveland Brown all-times list, uh, you know, Otto Graham still leads them statistically in so many categories. It's out of control from, from an all-time perspective as an organization. Number one, my man who shares a last name with the franchise Jim Brown. Jim Brown. So, okay. Jim Brown has got to be number one. Joe Thomas uh, should be number three on your list, but go ahead. Okay, that's fine. So, you're taking Ozzie Newsom and putting him at four. four. Yeah. Okay, right, that's fine. That's fine. Jim Brown, number one. So, Clearly. Jim Brown, yeah. Clearly. I mean, listen, it, it takes no, it takes sweetness. It takes, uh, listen, it requires, it requires no commentary, frankly. I mean, Jim Brown, without question, the greatest running back to ever hit Cleveland. Frankly, one of the greatest running backs of all time ever. Uh, you know, Jim Brown uh, takes the cake as the number one Cleveland Brown all time. Okay. Well, Your first one. Yes, my first you one. You better save the best for last. I do. Okay, I have well. the Ravens and the Eagles. Ah! Oh! Okay. Feel it! And I have two viewers here in studio, so for that reason, I'm going to save the Eagles for last. Mm! All right. They're going to be second. Um, so I'm going to start with the Ravens. All right. And I have... Three names I want to throw out just for honorable mentions. Not going to go into it. Justin Tucker, Marshall Yonda, Justin, Jim Harbaugh. Justin Tucker. John Harbaugh. John Harbaugh. I was going to say Jim Harbaugh. Jim Harbaugh is in Michigan. John Harbaugh, uh, the more successful of the two brothers, is oh. coaching in Baltimore. Um, yes, Justin Tucker, because who knows? Would, Tucker's the best kicker in the league. By the end of his career, he could be the best Raven. No, I'm kidding. That, that's a joke. Oh, whoa. But, wow. So, wow. number five. So, I've got three people that better be on your list. The rest is totally whatever the fuck well, you we'll want. We'll see. Uh, Let's do it. Number five, Jamal Lewis. Oh, Jamal okay. Lewis. Yeah, yeah, I like it. 10,607 rushing yards, 58 touchdowns, Super Bowl, you know, uh, one Pro Bowl, one All Pro. Um, but he's only one. The reason he had to make the list is because he's only one of seven players to ever rush for over 2,000 yards. And he's number three on that list, only behind Dickerson and AP. He is number three on that list. One rushing title, of course, being that year. Sure. You know what I mean? So he had to be... I did not know that, actually. Yeah. I did not know that. He had to be that. number five fact. on that list. Number four, Terrell Suggs. All right. <sighs> Terrell Suggs, rookie defensive... Huh. Okay. Rookie of the year, defensive rookie of the year when he came out. 812 tackles. 125 and a half sacks, 
All right, 34 forced fumbles, seven picks. Super Bowl to his name, Defensive Player of the Year, seven Pro Bowls, only two All-Pros, though. So he's at number four compared to the three ahead of him. I'm interested to hear your number three right now. Number three, one of the greatest offensive linemen to ever play the game. Oh, oh, oh my God. Jonathan Ogden. Oh, my God. How did I know? How did I know? Jonathan How did I know? Ogden. 11 Pro Bowls, 9 All-Pros, oh, 1 Super Jesus Bowl, All-Decade team. How okay. Can you leave an offensive lineman off of a list ever? Listen, I give respect where due. I asked you earlier, I'm like, coming from a guy who doesn't put an offensive lineman on a list, and you're like, I, I did, I'm like, who? You're like, I don't remember, but I, I did. And Jeff you, Saturday. You eventually remembered it was Jeff Saturday when he did the Colts list. Jeff Saturday, arguably top five greatest center ever. But, um, but Jonathan Ogden is number three. So... I'm sure. I'm sure you know who the top two are. Mm-hmm. Can you tell me the order? Because mm. since apparently I hope you I told can. me so, earlier, I show bias. So, so you do. You do show a little bias, okay? Towards what? The safety position. Okay. So I, I feel like based on that bias. All right. Here's the here's the deal though. Seriously, if it's my list, that guy that I'm thinking to not spoil it for everybody else is number one also. So I'm not mad if it is. So number two, all time <laughs> Raven. Ed Reed. Ooh! Ed Reed, 643 tackles, 11 sacks, uh, or, okay. sorry, 11 forced fumbles, 64 picks, um, one Super Bowl, one Defensive Player of the Year, nine Pro Bowls, eight All-Pros, okay? One of the greatest safeties we've ever seen play. I think he actually only, le- I think he only is behind the interception list by one, by one, one individual. And I think we did that last time we did the show. I believe we did. But anyway, go but on. But if you want to listen to that, you go back to our last episode. Yeah, I'm not going to spoil it. Um, so we might hear that. I think later. he's a staple of that defense and that team going like in history. Right, someone he has to be there. But I think clearly he's a top two Ravens player all time. Um, I wanted to put Ozzie Newsom on this list. I didn't. Um, strictly, I'm really because. upset that you didn't as a GM. Frankly. Yeah. I, I wanted to. I mean, think about who we Todd. But we've Heap, talked I mean, about like, him so, so many much. Phenomenal like, players. He should be. He's only been the greatest. We, we've football. talked about him so much that I felt like I needed to put other other people on this list. Is he on your honorable mention? Can you add him back Absolutely. in? Absolutely. He's. He, you know what? He. If I if if I was going to include him because we haven't talked about him so much in past episodes. Okay. He's honestly probably going to be two or three. Not Good. no two, three or four. Okay. Good. Right. Good. I like only that. Ed Reed in front of him and my number one Ray Lewis. Hmm. Okay. Ray Lewis, 2,061 tackles, 41 and a half sacks, 17 forced fumbles, 31 interceptions. And one murder. Crushing it. All-decade team, 10 All-Pros, 13 Pro Bowls, 2 Defensive Player of the Years, 2 Super Bowls, a heart and soul of that defense when they were there, the most recognizable player on that team probably ever for the Ravens. Okay, Ray Lewis is number one. You know, and, he's, and here's the thing. He's the only person to ever make an all-decade list that killed somebody. And that's a fa- fucking Google that shit because that's a fact. You can't let that go. <clears throat> I can't let that go. Listen, I I love Ray Lewis. He's certainly certainly number two on my list. And now he's a Hall of Famer with and Jonathan Ogden. Sadly, Ed Reed's going to be one in the now future. He's a Hall of Famer. You know, you listen, the only reason, listen, eh, whatever. All right, whatever. I'm done. So now that you've fucked up your entire thing, why don't you give us your second team? Who All right, was- let me give you my actual real uh, real list. Okay. The Redskins. Yeah, my, so my real Redskins list. Uh, John Reagan, we already talked about that. Joe Gibbs. Uh, certainly was not around that long ago. Joe Gibbs, however, when he was with the uh, uh, when he was with the Redskins, who was number five on my list, uh, he went to four Super Bowls. Uh, he won three of the four Super Bowls he was with. Of the eleven seasons that he coached the Redskins, uh, he brought them to the playoffs eight times in eleven seasons, which is impressive by today's standards. Uh, so, so Joe Gibbs number five on my list, simply because my list has never not included a coach. Front office personnel, GM, owner, executive. Uh, so I'm going to keep that going. My number four, Joe Theismann. Uh, Joe Theismann, obviously, just because as far as the Redskins are concerned, he's their all-time leading passer. Uh, he's got a Super Bowl win. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I mean, what else needs to be said about Joe Theismann for him to make it to my list, right? My number three, you're probably going to be pissed because I was a little mad as well because you could be you could put this person higher higher. you could put this person higher um but just because of the length of time that he played and his lack of contribution you're not gonna say who i think hold on hold on hold on because of the length of time that he played because of the lack of 
playoff contribution that he was had to that team. Listen, he had no talent around. I get it. Uh, and that's... Don't say his name, Drew. <laughs> Don't say it. Number three is uh, Sean Taylor. I hate you. All right, so Sean Taylor, listen. Dude was uh, dude was an animal, okay? Arguably one of the greatest... I can argue... My favorite safety of I can all argue time. that Sean Taylor is one of the greatest safety... He is the greatest safety that I have ever seen play the position personally, ever. Without question, the end, Sean Taylor, okay? But he only played... But he only played 55 games. Yeah. So to be on to be on the all time list ahead of my one and two is so it's just I fucking insane. I feel like insanity. I now know who your one or two are. You have to, but you I have swear to, to God, number one better be out of the two who I think. It's no question. Okay, it, okay I'm not. Okay, I'm not good, insane. Good. Right, I'm not insane. Gig him. All right. So <laughs> he is. He is in AM. Yeah, he does. He does come from Texas AM. So my number two is uh, Art Monk. Uh, I don't know who that is. Art, I'm just oh, kidding. Get the I'm just fuck. kidding. I was about to flip if this I'm desk. on this show and I don't know who so, Art Monk is. So, uh, so Art Monk, uh, obviously their all-time leading receiver. Uh, I think Art Monk, when he retired, had like nine passing or receiving records. I mean, he probably, I think he still holds three or four to today. Uh, Art Monk, completely ridiculous. They didn't carry as many stats, but whatever at any rate. So Art Monk, uh, number two, one of the best receivers to ever play football. My number one, speaking of one of the best to ever do it. Uh, my number one is Daryl Green. Daryl Green. Daryl Green. Uh, I mean, behind Prime. Gig'em. Lot. I mean, you know, you don't have a lot of people that played a defensive back position better than Daryl Green did. Uh, he was the longest tenured Redskin. He, he was a Redskin for 21 seasons. Holy, sh- holy shit. Crazy, right? Uh, I mean, I mean Daryl Green played a hell of a lot of football. I mean, the dude was on an island before Darrell Revis called it an island, okay? Before <laughs> before prime time, right? Before prime covered the one-third of the earth left that water didn't cover, uh, it, was, uh, it was my man Daryl Green. So Daryl Green, unarguably number one Redskin all time. It's. I hate saying this, and it's weird. I'm going to say this. I actually. You're gonna give it. Well, hold on. Am I hearing a Redskin compliment coming in? I actually enjoyed your Redskin top five. Oh, holy shit! Listen, Do you I, need to bathe in gasoline I, after saying I that? Gave Are you okay? You because I I understood that it's the one team I won't be able to be subjective about. <laughs> I was gonna be unbiasedly against it. I knew I wasn't gonna be able to do it. That's why you did it. I appreciate that. Appreciate you for that. I actually. Semi enjoyed your Redskins. Let me ask you a question: Would you trade? Because you cannot trade Sean Taylor with Daryl Green. That's impossible. No. Would you trade Sean Taylor and Art Monk? If it was my personal list, yes. But for the all-time greatest Redskins, I understand that you can't. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Some people are probably fucking I even insane that Joe Theismann him, is I would, below I would say, Sean I would Taylor. I even understand if you had him lower. You know what I mean? Wow. I'm just saying on my personal list. No fucking way. Because I already hate almost all Redskins. That, that you take my favorite safety of all time, one of the few Redskins I like. I'm like he has to be number. No one okay. knows how to decapitate a fucking punter like like Sean Taylor. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, so going to my second team, I am doing the new first time ever cherry popped Philadelphia cherry Eagles. Pop. Okay, and we have two Eagle fans in studio, and they've been waiting to hear this list, which is why I saved it for last. But I'm going to do honorable mentions first, so obviously... How many honorable mentions are six. there? Six. This is six such garbage, mentions. dude. What the fuck? I'm, I'm just going to do... Who them. has an entire new list <laughs> for honorable mentions? Because, because there's a lot of players that could have fit that 4-5 oh, spot. Oh, my God. I had less honorable mentions for the San Francisco yeah, well, 49ers. You, you also fuck up your lists. Yeah, that's so, true. I did so, fuck up this list. So, obviously, if they're on honorable shit. mentions, they're not on my top five. So, I'm waiting to hear, good or bad, any comments I get from the viewers here. Um, Jim Johnson... Honorable mention. He should Can't not put be on your just list. Just a coordinator on the list, but arguably he the should best not be on your top five greatest Eagles of all time. Donovan McNabb. <coughs> honorable mention. Should not be in your top five all time. Brian Westbrook. Honorable uh, mention. Eat shit. But go on. Norm Van Brocklin. Honorable mention. Agreed. Should uh, not be there, I looked. I looked up more since I wanted to know more about him when I was doing this list, and definitely does not deserve to be on the top five. Even though agreed, one hundred percent. David Akers, honorable mention. Oh. He would never be on the list, yeah, but you know. he's a well-known eagle that killed us all the time. I agree. And my last honorable mention, Andy Reid. Not on the top five. Oh, fucking great. High five for that no, one. No, bring it in. Bring it in. I Come on. To because Come you, on. Bring it in. Give me a high five. The viewers That's know what I'm talking how about. you hate That's him. That's what I'm talking about. I think he's Fuck a great Fuck you, Andy Reid. But there are Damn. five better people for this franchise, and I'm going to start out with number five. 
Tommy McDonald. Ooh, okay. Tommy McDonald, 495 catches, 8,410 yards, 84 touchdowns. Wow. One, Nash, uh, one NFL championship, huh. six Pro Bowls, four All-Pros. Led the league, was the all-time leading receiver in yards, I believe, once and touchdowns twice. 75,000 years ago, but I appreciate it. All-decade team. TJ McDonald. All right? Courtesy of our former analyst and, you know, whatever the fuck he was. Current deadbeat. Yeah, Dustin Daywald. Don't forget to mention you said you never heard of him either. I I did not know of him. I will give you that. I did not know who Tommy McDonald was when it was suggested to me, and I had to do research, but he made my number five spot. So, Tommy McDonald, number four, Steve Van Buren. Okay, I like that. Steve Van Buren, 5,860 yards, 69 touchdowns, two NFL championships, seven All-Pro, All-Decade team, and four-time led the league in leading rusher. Okay. So, Steve Van Buren, number four, he, I looked him up because I didn't know enough about him. Yeah. Very underrated player. More people should know about <clears throat> All right, this is the meat and potatoes. I'm ready for your top three, because we were talking about this earlier. That I'm pr- I know your top two, for sure. Number three is someone who, just statistically and accomplishment-wise, I could argue to be number two, but because of this fan passion for number two when talking in Eagle fans, someone else is at two, this player's at three. Number three, Chuck Benarek. Um, Ooh. Played so far back that literally at his position, no statistics were available other than games played and interceptions. Chuck and he had Benet. 20 interceptions. Okay. How long but, did he play? Oh, I, I'm not sure. I, I, don't, I don't look into that. As long as I know they played the majority of their career in one place, that's what qualifies them for that team. Yeah, but he played two seasons and that's 20 interceptions. I mean. Yeah, but he, I mean, he was a linebacker. It's not like there was a lot of you know, intercepting linebackers back there playing pass coverage. Yeah, I, I, okay. <laughs> I guess you're right. So, two, right. two NFL championships, eight Pro Bowls, ten All-Pros, 50s All-Decade team. Woo! Obviously also a baller in college. They have the Ben Narek Award for the best linebacker in college. Yes. You know. The only reason there. why I know he exists. Right. So, this no, no player, offense, Eagles fans, but I had no idea. There's but. two players that are in the top two. These are no-brainers. And No-brainers. I, I tried making a case for this guy to be number one, but I can't. No. But he's above Chuck Benarek no. at three. He's at two. No. Brian Dawkins. No! Okay. No! What? Brian Dawkins at what? number two. Because... What? Listen, he's above Chuck Benarek because the fans what? love Chuck Benarek. Or what? Brian Dawkins. Somebody start, can you start a fire? Can somebody start a fire quick? Are you mad that he's that high or he's only number two? I'm mad he's only number two. All right. Brian Dawkins, listen, I wanted oh to. Oh, my God. But accolades and awards. What the fuck? Accolades and awards won't oh grant it. Oh, my God. Okay. Jesus Christ. He's the all-time leading safety ever in league Brian history. Brian Dawkins, 1100. For every statistical category. 1,131 tackles, 26 sacks, 36 oh forward fumbles, God. 37 picks. I, I'm done. I'm Nine done. Pro Bowls. Somebody else all fucking decade teams, six all pros, no Super Bowl. So, he's number two. And then, and then. Sorry, guys. It's a little we bit some loud people in our studio. Number one. Reggie White. Reggie White is number uh, one. Uh, Listen, I tried putting him at number two. As a, as a Packers fan. I tried putting I'm him at you. number two, but I couldn't because the stats and the awards. So, Reggie White, 1,048 tackles, 198 sacks, obviously, 33 forced fumbles, only three picks, one Super Bowl, 13 Pro Bowls, and all pros. Hold on, hold on, time out, time out. Two time defensive Time out, time out, time out. Who did he win the Super Bowl with? Packers. The Green Bay motherfucking but Packers. But he played longer for the Eagles and was still only split and most of those accomplished two less. I get okay. it. Okay. Uh, two-time Defensive Player of the Year. Two different decade teams hold on, he's a part on, of. Hold on, hold on a second. When he won the Defensive Player of the Year, who was he on the team with? Who, who, who's, whose franchise was he with when he won that? Huh? At least one of them was the Packers. Okay, hold on, continue. Okay, which is why he might be on the Packers list when we do the Packers list. But he, that's why he's a top two player, and it was just because those accolades and stats are so mind-blowing over the others that even with Dude, fan viewership insane. at Brian Dawkins, he's number one. Let me ask you a question. Is Reggie White the greatest defensive end to ever play football? You could argue it. Yeah. He's the greatest Dustin. 
everybody just hear Dustin's voice on the show for the first time since he fucking bailed on us. So, Dustin, really quick. The greatest of all time. Greatest defensive end in the history of football. I... Okay. All right, fine. All right. No, let's continue. Just, I'm done. We got six minutes. What do you want to do? That, that's my top five. Um, we'll argue about this off. off well, we can argue about it now. No, no, no. It's fine. I, I got a question. You two in the Dog, studio. Dawkins deserve number one. As Eagle fans. Thank you. I agree. 100%. What do you think of the list in general? No, it's not. You put Tom McDonald surprised the shit out of me because you never even heard of him and I told you. you were like, you Dustin, if you're going to talk, can you get louder or come here? Come on, guys. We got, we got to hear it. We got to hear it. We got to hear it. Let's do it. I said, That's you, put Tommy, you put Tom McDonald in was awesome because you never heard of him. And you're like, oh, his stats weren't that good until I told you the error and how much he accomplished. Well, no, era. I looked up the statistics. And even though overall, by an average, their stats were not that great, there was three or four years where he led yeah. the league in receiving and touchdown, yeah. receiving oh, touchdowns. Man. It which changes it. It's different when you look at it as an average and when you look at it in perspective. And you years. drop in Steve uh, Van Buren at number four. Yeah, when you put him there instead of having uh, Andy Reid. I appreciate Listen. that too because Andy Reid's my favorite coach as well. But I said there's more players there. Puke. Anyway, um, Andy Reid should be no one's favorite coach ever. But uh, but again, we'll go off the air on that because we only have four minutes. Uh, <clears throat> here's my question. Okay. How do you put... Here's the reason why I don't understand the Reggie White thing. And, and we've got so many Eagles fans that listen to this. I've got to stress on this. The reason why I don't understand it is because you could argue that he was less accomplished with Philadelphia. There's no question. He was less accomplished with Accolade Philadelphia wise. as a player Accolade than wise. he was with Green Bay. Brian Dawkins not only spent every single season with the Philadelphia Eagles, he also committed his life to the city of Philadelphia and won a Super Bowl with the Philadelphia Eagles as a personnel director yeah, for the organization. As an administrator, as a glorified title. I, listen, I get you. Now, he had, he had involvement, minor, while it may be, but, and in my He's opinion, in my opinion, the greatest safety of all time. Arguably greatest safety of all time. Brian Dawkins, who is clearly. A top five safety of all, right, all time. Yeah, okay, okay. Aside from Ronnie Lott, greatest safety I've seen play safety. Let me re- let me rephrase. I was gonna say you said Sean Taylor was. Did uh, yeah. Sean, no. Sean Taylor. Sean Taylor does no. not beat Dawkins. No. Uh, Sean. Oh, hold on, hold on there. Hold on, fucking there. Hold on there. No, listen. The only reason. The only reason. Why, why Sean Taylor is not above Brian Dawkins is because the guy only played 55 fucking games. But he played a better 55 games than Brian Dawkins could fucking sniff. All right? Um, Sean Taylor played no a way. better 55 You're games. You're talking about the man's favorite player. I, listen, I, and listen, I'm again... Listen, Dustin, I understand you're abandoning us here. But remember... Again, a second time. I'm with you. <laughs> a second time. I'm with you, dude. Dawkins should have been number one. I agree a thousand percent, but Sean Taylor in those 55 games, if Listen, we line him up. I told you, I wanted Dawkins to be number one. You can look on my rough draft list. I have him at number one. Oh, you do? But right, I do fine. do my research, and even though because of the viewership and the position he plays and me watching him play, I want to put him number one. He was bumped down to number two. Because the player who was in front of him on my list is just a straight-out better player who played the majority of his career for the team I was doing. Yeah, but, uh, I mean, I guess, okay. So we've got, we've got two minutes left. Let's wrap it up. We got All right. So what we're going to do is we have, we're going to watch the games tonight. You know, we're going to start going. We're going to do something that's going to become regular on the show is going over the games, who performs, anything that surprises us, injuries going forward. Um, something I said earlier that we want to do because I didn't know if we'd have enough time. Over the next two, three weeks before the regular season starts, not only are we going to finish up the Rushmores, um, but we're going to also do an all Pac-Man team, Woo! which is Bang! Drew's, and all Star all Stargirl team, which is mine, for my team. And what it is is players consisting of whether they're the best or not, but who you would want, good players who you'd want on your team for whatever reasons, and we're going to analyze them as we go through it. And we want to hear back from you guys then whether what players you would clearly want on your teams if you had the chance, Woo! who you don't think is that Woo! great of a player, and just your opinions on what's going on. So, with that, that was our episode tonight. Any parting comments, Joe? The only parting comment I have is the same every single time, which is I still think it's insane how many people listen to us ramble about fucking football, which is hysterical to me. Um, but I appreciate every single one of you. Uh, and, and I appreciate you all listening through the fact that I fucked up my list because we refuse to edit. Right? Again. 
so listen, eat shit, okay? <laughs> All right, eat shit. Um, but uh, but just yeah. just like when Mara played for the Jets, oh, right? Oh, okay, <laughs> hold on. Mara never played anywhere. Yeah. Okay, he just owned a team. It just happened to not be the Jets. So You're it, right. it happened to be the other New York yeah, team. Yeah, listen, we were doing I fucked up. I, I get it. right. Okay. I get. It. But um, um, yeah. you also excluded Eric Dickerson from your fucking top five list. So I don't want to fucking hear. It. Anyway. Wow. Love you guys. Appreciate you. Thanks for listening. Check us out on Facebook. You're all awesome. Yeah, guys. At the Couch Coaches. Thank you. At two, cou- two Coaches, One Couch on Twitter. Okay. And our Facebook page, Yes, the Couch Coaches. We want to hear back from you. That's what we have coming up. We hope you enjoyed the episode. Except for the ending where there was a little bit of, you know, Heat problems in the studio. But good night, guys. See you guys. Tune in next time and score some points with the Couch Coaches. Oh.